You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And welcome into Sacks in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti, and we are ready for yet another simulated game of White Sox baseball, courtesy of MLB The Show and our sponsor, Cork and Carey at the Park. The Chicago White Sox, in game one of the season, saw a win for Jace Fry after a tough start for Lucas Giolito. The White Sox saw Alex Colome get a save after a weird decision to keep Aaron Bummer in the start of yet another inning in the ninth. And the White Sox saw Jose Abreu go three for four with two runs, an RBI, and two doubles to be the player of the game. White Sox also saw some offense. Top of the order from Tim Anderson was incredible. There was also late fireworks from Yasmani Grandal and Eloy Jimenez to seal the deal. Game two against the Royals. Game two of the season is next. During this broadcast, we hope to be able to speak with one of the members of Section 108, Yasmani Grandal's home run that took the lead in Game 1, landed in there. That is coming up, and Brooks Boyer as well. Let's head out to the ballpark right now for Game 2 of the season, Game 2 of this three-game set against the Royals. It is a partly cloudy day on the south side of Chicago. Dallas Keuchel, Danny Duffy take the mound. White Sox Simulated Baseball is next on Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement, and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. I did the Broadcast Basement with Chris for 10 years, and nobody gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the Broadcast Basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at BroadcastBasement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Guaranteed Rate Field, where the 1-0 Chicago White Sox take on the 0-1 Kansas City Royals. Another beautiful early spring day here on the south side of Chicago. The White Sox had a tense but fun win in Game 1. And now they bring out their new shiny toy in Dallas Keuchel. 19 starts last year only at abbreviated season. 8-8 record with a 3.75 earned run average and a whip of 1.37. But Dallas, in a full season the year before, had much better numbers. He's a former Cy Young Award winner and an All-Star. And we are ready to get underway. Sacks in the basement. Live out here for game two, brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park, and the pitch is low, but for a strike, strike one, and the game is underway. Aldoberto Mondesi steps in there, first pitch at 111 this afternoon, and he swings at a 77-mile-an-hour low changeup for strike two, and he's quickly 0-2. Keuchel's a bulldog. Keuchel's a staff leader. Keuchel standing out there wearing number 6-0 on the back of his uniform and still got to keep that beard And hopefully that continues all year long as the third offering is fouled off just past the Royals' dugout along the first baseline. A lot of people out here today. It's a beautiful day at the ballpark. If not for the crazy COVID-19 thing, 
48 degrees, by the way, and not a lot of wind out there. If not for that, this would have been the day for Sacks in the Basement's live broadcast pre- and post-game at Cork and Carey at the Park at 33rd in Princeton as Keuchel delivers what should have been strike three right on the outside corner. It's now two and two. Would have been a great live broadcast. We were hoping to have Brooks Boyer out there. Hopefully we'll be able to have him on phone on the phone before this game is over as that one is swung on and fouled off down the first baseline. Cork and Carey at the Park is still open, though. And while you're sitting here listening to the simulated White Sox game, you can give them a call. Actually, just go to Grubhub. Grubhub's the best way to go. Go Grubhub, get your cork and carry at the park. The award-winning hamburgers is another offering is fouled off. And Keiko gets ready for pitch number nine. A very long first at bat here as he gets into the windup and the pitch. That one is outside for ball three. Three and two with Alex Gordon on deck. Even if he gets him here, 10 pitches for the first batter is not how Dallas Keuchel wanted this thing to start off. Go on, Grubhub. Get a burger. Get a dog. Get some wings. This one's grounded. Mancata. Long throw, but he makes it look easy on the 5-3 put out. And there's one away. They've got appetizers there, too. You know, they've got great fries. I always say that Cork and Carey at the park is the one thing that's down around the ballpark that can compete with the ballpark food. Ballpark food at Guaranteed Rate Field is incredible. I think we all know that. But Cork and Carey at the park has that that it thing where you feel like they could serve it right there in one of the really nice sections at, uh, at the rate, and, and it wouldn't be out of place at all. First two pitches, the Gordon, a strike, and then a ball. Woody Keller's behind the plate. He's got a fancy, thick... Horned rim mustache behind that mask. It looks good. Like a young Lionel Richie. The next offering, low outside part of the plate at Cardiff. One and two the count to Gordon. The pitch on the way. He swings and chases one high and outside. A slider. And Keiko takes down the second batter. Two gone. So remember, go to Grubhub and get your food from Cork and Carey while you're sitting back and you're listening to one of the Sox in the Basement simulated White Sox games this season. We are doing every White Sox game that is necessary to bring you the feel of Major League Baseball during this time. We got a lot of really nice compliments on the first game. I want to say thank you very much. I appreciate that. We've got some great guests. We're going to try to keep bringing people on during the games. I'm, I've been in talks with James Fox from Future Sox, who's all over what's going on with the MLB draft. We're going to have him on here in the next couple of days to talk. Keiko 1-1 one one right now to Whit Merrifield. Throws one in the dirt. 84-mile-an-hour cut fastball that did not find anything near the plate. And he is 2-1 and one to Merrifield. The pitch on the way. That one is high and outside. And now 3-1 and one to Merrifield with Jorge Soler on the on-deck circle. And it's official. The game wrap-ups and recaps will be covered by our friends over at Sox on 35th. Visit them for post-game analysis after every game SoxOn35th.com You walked him You know the last two pitches It seemed like he's nibbling And he's hoping he'll chase Because he got Gordon to chase on something like that But not everybody is going gonna, gonna to give up their whole strike zone and chase And I think uh, Dallas Dallas saw Alex Gordon He's like I can do this to everybody He can't do it to everybody As Jorge Soler stands in there with two outs and a man on first base right now Soler with a couple of hits already on this season He had a two run bomb On opening day that tied it all up at 4-4. Made White Sox fans think this was going to be a bad opening day instead of a good one, but in the end, the Sox came back. Ground ball, T.A. Feels it, scoops it, tosses it to Leary Garcia covering second. 
for the force, and they're out of the inning. So after one, no runs on no hits with no errors. We go to the bottom of the first with nothing happening yet. Anderson, Moncada, and Abreu next. Danny Duffy takes the mound here for the Kansas City Royals. 23 starts last year with a record of 7-6. and six. He had a 1.31 whip, which is respectable, over 130-plus innings. An ERA, though, of 4.34 last year. He does strike out almost two and a half guys to every batter that he walks as Tim Anderson steps in. Remember, he was the batting champion last year, hitting 335, and he had two hits right away to start off opening day. And then two deep ones. Track down at the warning track, or he would have been four for four. But two for four, a really good game. Against Duffy over his career, 11 for 32. So Danny Duffy doesn't like seeing Tim Anderson up there as the Tim Anderson, the leadoff spot experiment continues for Ricky Renteria. Again, no wind out in the outfield. Yesterday, it was blowing out as Anderson puts this one out to the right field gap, but it wasn't really a gap. It just made the right fielder move a little bit towards center field, and he's easily put away, and that is one gone. Juan Mancada on the snide so far for the season. Hit 315 last year and is still my pick for MVP. If he could put it together and have a season like he did last year and build on it a little bit, as the first offering from Duffy is just outside for ball one. Mancata, three for 17 with a 176 batting average and six strikeouts for his career against Danny Duffy. Duffy hoping to make quick work of Yuan, just like he made quick work of TA. He can keep that pitch count down. He can give his bullpen a little bit of a break. As a line shot scooped out of the air at first base. Mankata took three steps and he was already on his way back to the dugout and it's two out with the hero at least in terms of the box score of yesterday's game Jose Abreu standing in there three for four yesterday two doubles and he really was the straw that stirred the drink he has over a thousand hits over six seasons Jose Abreu and here's a guy that these players call a father figure almost without saying it they love him. I think Abreu staying around and getting that extension is the reason why you have guys like Juan Moncada with the extension. Is the reason why you have Luis Robert signing a deal before he ever gets up to the plate, even though everybody thinks he's going to be a monster. Because they want to play with this guy. As Aloy Jimenez stands out there with the big stick, hoping that a 3-0 Abreu can reach base and give him a chance at his second home run of the season. That one is low, and he does not get the strike zone and walks Abreu on four straight pitches. And if I'm the Royals after seeing him on opening day, I'm avoiding Jose. And I don't know if Danny Duffy's trying to avoid him, but he certainly did. If he was trying to or if he wasn't trying to. But here's the man right here, Aloy Jimenez. He had a two-run bomb late on opening day that really gave the Sox an insurmountable lead, even though they, they almost screwed it up in the ninth inning. The first pitch is high, and Duffy has not found the strike zone in five straight pitches. Abreu with a nice lead for a guy that doesn't run very well as Jimenez gets a hold of this one and hits it into the gap. This is to the wall. It's back. It's gone. Aloy Jimenez. Two games in the 2020 season. Two two-run home runs. This one goes right into the left center field gap, only 395 feet. Got out of here at 110 miles per hour. He is met at the plate by Jose Abreu, and this White Sox crowd is feeling it early. He got a hold of that one, 
He puts it right over the part of the wall where it says the catch. Where Dwayne Wise made that incredible play that's been replayed over and over again on White Sox Twitter over the last couple of days. Yasmani Grandel steps in. And he's got a hyped up crowd that's still standing around here early on. White Sox fans enjoying this White Sox uh, tradition, it seems, early in the season of scoring a bunch of runs in the first inning. They did it. They scored four runs in the first on opening day, and they got two right now with Grandal, who hit a home run off the right field foul pole into section 108. And we will be talking with My Sox Summer, one of the original 108ers, coming up later on this broadcast as he gives this one a little bit of a ride in the right. And that's a snow cone grab out in front of the right fielder for out number three. Aloya Menez gives one a ride right over the catch. Written there on the left center field wall. A scrum for the ball as it bounces all over the place. And the White Sox lead 2-0 going into the top of the second. Hunter Dozier steps in. He had 26 home runs in 2019. And Dallas Keuchel does not want to repeat what Lucas Giolito did on opening day and struggle after his team went out there and did something. You know, Dozier's had seven at-bats against Keuchel in his career, and he's 0 for 7, the pitch. And he's quickly 0-2 following that one off down the right field line. Keuchel with the pitch on the way. That would have been strike three. Had to fight that one off another foul ball down the right field line. I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking after this pitch. This one is looped over the head of Abreu. The shift was on, so Mazara's on his horse and right. He's going to try for second to throw in just underneath the tag. That was a bang-bang play at second base. And if the shift is not on, and the Sox gave up several runs on opening day due to the shift. And again, we have a shift on Dozier, and the Royals break that shift up by putting something where they're not at. He put it where they ain't. And now we got a runner on second. And Keuchel brings this pitch for ball one to Salvador Perez. This is exactly what happened in the second inning on opening day. Sacks got a lead. Dozier beats the shift. Perez comes up with an opportunity to get a hit. He did get a hit in the second inning of the game two days ago. Quick shout out to Open Outcry Brewing. I am trying their opening bell, nine and a half ABV. It's an old ale. Very tasty. It is the beer that's up in the booth for this game. I have a crawler because I can order beer from them, and they'll come and drop it off at my house. And how do you turn that down? As this one is ripped, Mancata scoops it quick, looks back the runner at second base, and just, I mean, he was out by 40 feet? I think some third baseman let that one through in between the shortstop and the third baseman. He just timed that perfectly. He just sucked that up like a vacuum. The runner stands on second, and there's one out. But the very next pitch is a base hit, and now the ball is thrown over the cutoff, man, and the runner is going to come around and score. What was that? Nomar Mazzara, on a simple hit in front of him, decides he's going to throw the ball home, and at the last second decides he's going to throw the ball and change and throw it to Keuchel, who's standing in front of home and have him cut it off, and he, like half his body was throwing to home, half his body was throwing to Keuchel, and instead, the ball goes all the way to the backstop. And, and now you have a run-in on sloppy play. And instead of first and third, you got a run-in with a runner on second, and it's 2-1 to one White Sox with Ryan O'Hearn up at the plate. That was a terrible play. That was, that was the kind of play I'd pull a little leaguer out of the game for. O'Hearn was the eighth, an eighth-round pick in the 2014 MLB draft. 
and has worked his way into the starting lineup here for the Kansas City Royals. And he's 1-2 against Keuchel right now. 2-1 score. Keuchel's coming with pitch number 34 here with one out in the second inning and a runner on second and a one-run lead. And then it's fouled off down the third baseline. That's a brutal error by Mazzaro. You just have to hit the cutoff, man. That's a slider outside. He chased it. That's a strikeout for Keuchel, his second of the game. And now there's two outs and a man on second. This is what you need veteran presence for. He's got to pick up his, his right fielder that gave up a run. He gave up two hits, but he didn't give up the run. I'm going to wait and see what the official score says, but I don't think that's an earned run. So we're going to wait and see here at the end of the inning. As Keuchel gets in the chopper to Abreu on the one hop, he steps on first, and the White Sox are out of the inning. So one run comes across. It was scored an error. That's an unearned run. It's 2-1 to one, midway through the second. White Sox. Edwin Encarnacion, or Encarnacion if you're nasty, steps in as Danny Duffy has a completely different type of pitch count going for him than Dallas Keuchel. The man is still in the low teens. He is down 2-1, to one, but he has been quick as he works up there at the plate. First pitch is ball one, the second pitch on the way here. That is a strike down the middle taken by Encarnacion who is sporting very sporty white sunglasses today. White-rimmed sunglasses underneath the batting helmet. And the shin guard on his left shin. Right-handed hitter, that makes a lot of sense. Low changeup taken for a ball, it's 2-1. and one. Edwin got on base yesterday, and he had that great play. I, I keep saying yesterday, on opening day two days ago. He had that great uh, base running play where he takes the extra base and goes home and beats the tag when I didn't think he had a chance, and he showed surprising speed. As that was a home run rip, but it goes foul deep down the line in left field. Two and two, the pitch. That one is chopped back behind the plate. Ball boy runs back and gets that, and we're gonna reset. But he got underneath that tag, and that's why they had four runs in that first inning instead of that third, in, instead of three, and that, that's a big difference. As he swings at one coming up and in on him, and it gets over the bat, and he glares back over at Duffy with a smile on his face. And he knows he got fooled as Duffy sits him down with a strikeout. And that's one out. Cincinnati leading the St. Louis Cardinals 1-0 right now early on in their game. Mustakas with a solo shot. As Nomar Mazzara, he check swings, but it doesn't matter if he went around or not because it was right down the middle. You know, when you're up here at the plate at this point after you gave up a run and it's entirely on your shoulders, you want to make up for it. He did do well yesterday. He had a timely hit and drove in runs. Drove in two, actually. This time, though, he's going to fly out to short left field on the second pitch of his at-bat. And Luis Robert, who is 0 for on opening day, steps in in the eighth spot in the lineup. Duffy making quick work of White Sox hitting, even when he's giving up runs. If he keeps up this pace, he could go deep into the game. And we saw how, how the Royals didn't want to use their bullpen very much on opening day, even though they had a day off the next day, which didn't make a lot of sense. It may have been their downfall. So I would expect Duffy to go deep here. As that one's outside, one and one. Duffy sets and comes to the plate. That one is low, taken by Robert. Two and one. Duffy wasting no time, gets back in there, checks the sign and delivers. And that one is chopped over the shortstop's head and into left field. And Luis Robert has his first major league base hit. And they are going to keep that ball, toss it into the White Sox dugout. A single off of Danny Duffy, who I think I've called Dennis Duffy twice so far in this game. Because I had a friend back in high school. His name was Dennis Duffy. So it happens. I'm not Jason Benetti. What do you want from me? 
Ed Farmer would do it. You know he would. Nice hit there. Quick chop right in front of the plate and then just popped up way too high for even for anybody. Nobody could jump up high enough to get that ball and it goes in the left field. A nice, easy single. And Leary Garcia steps in. Meanwhile, Southpaw seems to be trying to start the wave and that is going to anger the, the folks in section 108. That's for sure. The pitch. That one is high, but in the strike zone for strike one. Leori was over on opening day. Ricky Renteria going with the same lineup that he had on opening day. Leori in the nine hole again, playing second base. Had a big error in the ninth inning. And luckily the Sox are able to overcome it. As this one is ripped foul, and he's quickly 0-2. Got some nice, nice interviews lined up. Some people to talk to later on today in this broadcast. As Leori with a soft pop-up in the right field. That's a can of corn. And the inning is over. We'll talk about those interviews and more coming up. The White Sox lead it 2-1. to one. Top of the third here at Guaranteed Rate Field. And Aldberto, I always say his name wrong, Aldberto Mondesi steps in. You have to hit over 270 for me to worry about how your name is pronounced. And he only had 263 in 2019. Hits 333 lifetime, though, against Dallas Keuchel. He's had three at-bats against him in his life. And that hits. Now, that was on the first inning of the game. He walked in the first inning. Cleveland leading Detroit right now, 5-3. to three. Cameron Maven, 2-3 for three so far in that game. As Mondesi is 0-2 right now. And Keuchel strikes him out on a 90-mile-an-hour, two-seam fastball, high and just outside the strike zone. Grandal set up in that exact spot. It was target practice. Mondesi almost spins himself around and falls right on his butt in the dirt. As Alex Gordon steps in, he's 0 for 1, and Keuchel throws his 41st pitch of the game, and that is fouled off down the third base line. You know, opening day was like a like a heart-in-your-throat-type game at a lot of times. There's part of me that wouldn't mind a nice, calm 2-1 to one win, but I feel like we're going to see more here in this game as this one is low and outside, 1-1. One and one. The pitch on the way. That's in the same spot, the same result from the umpire, 2-1-1. One, one. He's not going to give that to you, Dallas. You're going to have to pick another spot. The pitch. That one is outside but was in the strike zone. It's fouled off. Hits the tarp. Takes a weird bounce. But they're back to the mound in the pitch. And that one is fouled off as well. Dallas is working, guys. But they're working him back. And this is the second White Sox pitcher to have a lot of pitches early on in the game. Ricky Ranteria is going to have to use that bullpen a lot. Meanwhile, this is a soft fly. Robert in center field barely has to move. And that's out number one. Whit Merrifield comes up. He walked in the first inning. Dallas Keiko would like to sit him down with two outs and get out of this inning. He's 6 for 12, hitting 500 lifetime against Keiko. And he popped this up. Moncada running back behind the third base side. And he catches it right next to the umpire in the grass to end the inning. Anderson, Moncada, Abreu kick off the bottom of the third next from the rate. TA steps in. I want to welcome one of our newest sponsors, Family Waterproofing Solutions. You're going to hear from them coming up very soon. Veteran-owned and female-owned business on the south side in Evergreen Park, Illinois. And they have signed on with Socks in the Basement for the remainder of 2020. And they're doing this while they're closed down right now because of the current situation. And the owner, Ken... And his wife, Maria, as Anderson flies this one out to left field, and it is caught for out number one. The owner, Ken, and his wife, paying the entire staff to stay home with full health benefits 
and guaranteeing their jobs for them. But they are taking estimates right now, and they will video conference with you so they can take a look at what's going on in your basement, any kind of issues you might be having from some pump to needing like a new uh, new cover for your window well. They do it all. You'll hear a little bit more about them coming up here. Yohan Moncada steps in 0 for 1 in the game. Danny Duffy throws pitch number 32 here as the Sox lead 2 to 1 with one out in the bottom of the third, and it's on the way. And that is low in the dirt, an 82 mile an hour changeup. And Moncada has got a 1 1 count, and he's 0 for 5 so far on the season. And this is an inauspicious start for a guy that started. In my opinion, it felt like he started red hot. I don't know what he did in his first few games. I'd have to look that up. Because this one is low and inside. He's 2-1. and one. I think if Yohan relies on that eye, if he takes walks when they're given to him, because he struck out twice swinging at pitches that were junk. And this one is looped over to second baseman's head. He's on his horse. And Merrifield tracks that down. Nothing you could do there. Nothing you could do there. Mancada is out number two. Jose Abreu comes up, a walk in the first. Abreu's three for four with a walk on the season with two doubles. And he scored in the first inning. When Aloy Jimenez hit a rocket out of here. It was a line drive that just never came down. Abreu now 0 for 1 as the pitch is on the way from Duffy. And it's chopped foul down the first baseline. Gave the ball boy some trouble down there, but he eventually wrangled it. Duffy resets with an 0-2 count to Abreu, the pitch on the way. That one's in the dirt, blocked. Bounced it. One ball, two strikes. I feel like Abreu's getting off hot because he's got a new contract. He just looks so good right now up at the plate. Looks like he's ready. Except right there, he got fooled on a... <laughs> I don't know what that was. That was a wicked googly. Some kind of circle change. He swung on the complete opposite side of the plate from where that ball went. He was fooled completely. and Goes down. End of three. Two to one sacks. Royals on the way up. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife Maria, making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. During the current health crisis, Ken and Maria decided to pay each and every one of their workers, secure their jobs, and continue to give them health care from home. And while they're not currently going out and doing jobs, they will still give you an estimate and jump on and do a video consultation right now. Plus, part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at FamilyBasementWaterproofing.com. And remember, Socks in the Basement has partnered up with the blog Socks on 35th, and they will be helping us with our simulated season by doing post-game and analysis and writing up the articles afterwards. So after you listen, go check out SoxOn35th.com for their analysis of White Sox simulated baseball on SoxInTheBasement.com. And as the top of the fourth comes around, Jorge Soler, 0 for 1, comes up against Dallas Keuchel with the Royals trailing 2 to 1. Keuchel starts off the fourth inning with 48 pitches already thrown. But he has looked fairly sharp. And he is, he, he's, he's like an Iron Man out there. He's the kind of guy that can give you 100 pitches without a problem. There's a shift right now with Garcia on the 
left side, if you're standing in the batter's box, left side of second base. Not that far over, but he's definitely over on the other side. Abreu's playing that entire side. That is a strike, 0-2 very quickly to Soler, but Soler beat the shift last time. He beat it yesterday. This time he goes down on three pitches on a low inside cut fastball, and Keiko wasting no time getting his fourth strike out of the game. That was nasty. Twisted his ankles on that one. Hunter Dozier steps in one for one as Keiko spins and delivers with a strike on the outer portion of the plate. Dozier had, are they called? Yeah, he had the double. I don't believe the error was on him. So he got a double and he was the run scored. That's correct. The guy who followed him up had a single with an error. That was brutal. Nomar Mazzara better hope that this lead is not given up as Dozier gives this one a ride, but foul down the third baseline. One and two the count, the delivery, high. Two and two the count, and the pitch. And that is swung on, and that is the second guy he has taken out in a row on a two-strike, low, inside, cut fastball that was not in the zone. It would have gone for a ball, but it was chased by the last two guys, and Sal Perez comes up. Perez 0 for 1. Signed out of Venezuela a long time ago and missed the entire 2019 season with an injury. And he fouls that one off, and he's 1-1. One one. Dallas Keuchel seems to have uh, looked up at his pitch count and said, I have to work quick, and I have to throw less pitches this inning. And so far, so good. That one, though, misses, and he's 2-1. and one. I think he thought he had that one. He thought he had his batter one and two, and he was going to go for the knockout punch. The pitch. That is chopped. Great play by Abreu. Abreu moves to his second base side and backhands it, flips it underhand to Keiko, cutting the first base, and they're out of the inning. Jimenez, Grandal, Encarnacion, and a guest coming up in the bottom of the fourth. Sacks lead, 2-1. Aloy Jimenez comes to the plate. He's got two bombs on the season. He was not the first home run of the year, though, for the White Sox. That was Yasmani Grandal, who's coming up here next. And while we watch Aloy Jimenez, as he stands in there 1-0 against Dennis du Danny Duffy, keep calling him Dennis, as he stands in there 1-0 against Danny Duffy, takes ball two, he's 2-0. We have a guest on the line, pitch on the way. That one's outside ball three. And this is perfect timing because Grandal's on deck and he's about to get up here one way or another. My Sox Summer, one of the original threesome from the 108. Section 108 is a cult classic out here at the ballpark. And their guys are out there all the time partying down in the right field corner in the first section that's in fair territory right along the pole. And Grandal hit a, a go-ahead home run on opening day as Jimenez walks on four straight pitches it goes to first base and Grandal comes up and Grandal hit one off the foul pole that landed in section 108. My Sox Summer on the line right now. How are you, my friend? What happened when that ball bounces off the foul pole and ends up in there in the sixth inning? What happened, my friend? Chris, it's the bottom of the sixth and Yasmani is up. And honestly, in the 108, we got our heads on a swivel looking for that beer vendor. Now, we're three deep, but like the Boy Scouts, we got to be prepared. We have to stay hydrated. So we're sort of paying attention to the game, but it's not our top priority. Aloha, Mr. Hain is talking about some dumb stat. Beef Lope is trying to argue with him. As Grandal rips one, sorry to interrupt you, Grandal rips one down the first baseline. First baseman tried to tag first. O'Hearn tried to tag first and then throw it to second. And it looks like he did, actually. They're now looking at it. That is a double play. Grandal rounds out into a double play. 
Encarnacion fouls it off down the line, but we're already at two outs, so finish your story real quick, my friend. Treasy is taking his mid-game nap. No, just regular 108 stuff. A few rows below, Wally Money is drinking his third pop and just shoveling salted nuts into his mouth. The section is filled with all the guys. Old Aussie Saxman is down there talking about blooming onions and Barbie shrimp, and all of a sudden, crack! It was loud enough to wake old Cherizzi from his slumber, and he proceeds to start kicking over beers in slow motion. He's like a drug silverback gorilla. I, dry, I dive down to save those precious beers from their most certain death as an excited Wally Money puts down his gigantic nut bag and cuts to the aisle to track the ball that looks like it might go foul. It stays there, and Wally trips on a half-eaten red rope and starts falling towards the ball, his arms straight out. Luckily, in his path, there is a well-endowed stepmom, and she provides a soft landing for drunk Walter's face. The ball bounces off the pole and into the hands of Beef Loaf. While the ball was flying through there, he did all the minor calculations to put himself in the best place possible position to catch the home run ball. He high-fives with a 108 friend and White Sox big shot, Brooks Boyer, and we get on TV doing our home run dance inspired by the late Chris Farley. Sox take the lead, and we slam a nice cold White Sox golden ale from Goose Island to celebrate. Wait a minute, Brooks Boyer was in this section with you? He's always in this section with us, Chris. That's why he never returns your call. My Sox summer right there from section 108. While you were talking... Encarnacion hits one into right field, a ground ball in between the first and second baseman. He's on. With two outs, we got a runner back on first base. Nomar Mazara steps in. While Mysak Summer was talking, I didn't really get to describe that play that very well, but Yasmani hits a sharp hit ball that probably would have gone foul. As that ball is ripped and goes off the glove at second base, play at first, and Mazara beats it. Mazzara beats it. Manager's out to talk to the umpire. They're saying he beat that throw. Umpire tells him to go away, and now he's going to go out there and talk to Danny Duffy. First and second right now. So that was chopped down the line as Roberts steps in. And it would have gone foul, but it was cut off by O'Hearn, who threw it to second base. But his foot hit the bag as he was turning and throwing. It didn't look like he had actually touched first base. But it was ruled that he did... And the runner was out on the tag at second base. So it turned into a 1-6 a double play by Grandal. But now we have two on after, after that bobble at second base. First and second. Roberts up there. 0-2 already. Let's see what he does to pitch on the way. That swung on and belted deep. He flips the bat. He starts the trot. That one is gone over the White Sox bullpen. And Luis Robert, 449 feet with his first major league home run, a three-run jack. And Danny Duffy's in trouble as the White Sox lead it 5-1. to Oh! This inning... Looked like it was a missed opportunity with that strange double play. And then Robert hits a poster shot. He buried that thing. That went off the bottom of the kid's deck. That was insane. And he hit it and just watched it. And they're giving him the silent treatment now in the dugout. And they get up and they give him a hug. His first major league hit. And now he hits a three-run home run. 
and Luis Roberts has arrived. And may the league be warned as Leary Garcia quickly flies out to left field on the first pitch. And that is the end of the inning, but not before number 88. Just buries one. The Sox lead after four, five to one. Top of the fifth, Dallas Keuchel in there. 60 pitches thrown so far over four innings. Mikhail Franco, one for one with a single in the second. He ended up on second base after the Mazzara error. But Luis Roberts picked him up with that three-run home run, and with a four-run lead, I don't think you're going to be sitting around blaming Mazzara if you lose this game. Franco, remember, was expected to be a stud. He was a, a high-end guy. People thought he could be like the man, like a 30, 40 home run guy, 35 home run guy. I remember in fantasy baseball circles, people talked about, about him a lot, like get him now, as he's 0-2 right now and fouling off his third pitch. And Keuchel with the pitch on the way. But only 100 home runs over six seasons at this point. And he's no longer with the team that used to value him so much in Philadelphia. One and two, the count after that ball, the pitch on the way. That one's chap foul down the first base line. Ryan O'Hearn is on deck. Dallas Keuchel, you kind of want to see him go six innings, but if he does, he's going to probably have to cl throw close to 100 pitches. And that White Sox bullpen is going to have to come out again. But I don't think you're going to complain if they do what they did in the first game of the year. And if Keuchel continues to hold this lead. He hasn't had a bad inning. He just has had to, had to do a lot of work to get to where he's at right now. And, I, I, you know, we're, we're not used to him. I'm not used to him. You're not used to him. Maybe this is how he works. This one is looped into left center field. That's going to drop in the gap and get to the wall. Robert on his horse. The runner is going to walk into second base. That ball gets by the cutoff, man. Mankata has to come out. Mankata has to come out and cut it down. And Keuchel is not covering third base. And the runner walks over to third. So Robert throws that ball in, and somehow it's missed by Anderson coming in. And Mankata has to leave third to go grab it on the dirt where the shortstop would normally be standing. And because of that, it was like Little League. Runner could just keep going because there's nobody standing on third base. He got the third before Keiko could get over there and cover because he's not expecting Mankata. That was a routine play. So that is the second time in this game that a White Sox outfielder has not been able to hit the cutoff man. Tom Hanks right now would be screaming at them when they came into the dugout a la a league of their own. As that ball's outside, and now Keiko is quickly 3-0 against the bottom part of the order with a man on third and no outs. The Royals got their one run because of an error. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. And now you got a guy on third that should be standing on second base as Keiko walks. And, and, and that's a frustrating walk. That's a frustrating walk. You walk the eight-hitter in the lineup. Now Brett Phillips is up. Guy hit 138 last year. It doesn't look like he's improved in the offseason. It's like pitching to the pitcher here in the opening day against him. you got to go after him. But Keiko throws this one outside, and this will be his 75th pitch on the way in the top of the fifth inning with runners on first and third protecting a four-run lead. Again, an error started to get the wheels to come off here in this inning. But he rears back and fires a 90-mile-an-hour two-seam fastball right down the middle that Phillips can't catch up to. And that's what you have to do to this guy. He's the nine-hitter for a reason. 
He's hitting under 200 for his career for a reason. And again, he throws a high 80s two-seam fastball down the middle that he can't catch up to. This is a triple-A hitter. You have to attack him because you're going to the top of the order after this guy, and you still have no outs with two men on. The pitch on the way. That is chopped foul. Nobody up in the bullpen yet. With a four-run lead, I think Ricky Renteria wants to see what Dallas does here. But I think if somebody gets on and there's a hit, there's going to be somebody warming up. But he goes to that. I'm telling you, that's his knockout pitch, at least today. The tailing away slider. He's throwing left, and that thing tails off to his right side. And it's been inside on some batters. It's been outside on other batters. But he has used that as his strikeout pitch, as his, as his death pitch, at least four times in this game today. Mondesi steps in with one out, first and third, and fouls it off down the first baseline. This is Keuchel's inning right now, unless it starts to fall apart. Nobody moving in the bullpen. If you didn't hear opening day, remember it's on demand. Go back and listen to it on Socks in the Basement. Available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Middle of the game, there is a very interesting interview with a minor league pitching instructor, formerly with the Pittsburgh Pirates, who's known Don Cooper for 20 years. We talked about Cooper's change to analytics and what he learned in the offseason and the conversations that he had with Coop because our guest, Eric Minshall, is an analytics guy. That's how he approaches pitching right now. And he had long conversations with Coop who also talked about how the bullpen can be a proving ground and where guys go and learn if they're not ready to be starters yet. It's a very interesting uh, interview and soundbite on the opening day broadcast. One and two the count, first and third, Keiko the pitch. That is low and chopped the second double play ball. Leury, Anderson, Abreu, and the White Sox are out of the inning and Keiko pumps his fist and walks into the dugout at the end of the top of the fifth, going into the bottom of the fifth. 5-1 White Sox, Tim Anderson will lead it off. The Royals have two guys going in the bullpen right now, including the losing pitcher from opening day, Han as T.A. steps in 0 for 2. T.A. now right now is 2 for 6 on the season. He had two hits to lead off the season. 0 for 4 since then. The man loves the hit against the Royals. You hope he's not pressing a little bit as he's 1-0 and and takes one right down the middle that he never flinches at, and it's 1-1. One and one. You know, Danny Duffy's given up five runs, but Danny Duffy hasn't thrown a lot of pitches. And if he has a good inning... I don't know if they'll bring in a relief pitcher right now. Those relief pitchers are there to make sure this game does not get out of hand. The question is, will the White Sox bring anybody in in the sixth, or will they wait to see how Keuchel does and give him the sixth inning? I would like to see them give him the sixth inning. Nobody warming up right now as Anderson chases one low out of the zone and strikes out. That's the third strikeout of the game for Duffy, and he takes a seat. The Yankees leading the Baltimore Orioles 2-0 here in the second inning. Not here, but there in Baltimore. The White Sox up 5-1 here. As Juan Mancada, 0 for 6 on the season, steps up. And that one goes off the shin guard of Sal Perez. He missed it completely with his glove. It bounced off the shin guard. Almost killed a bat boy. 1-0 the count. Mancada needs to figure it out. You, you want a guy to get a hit or two in the opening series, or otherwise he's going to start pressing. As he doesn't even offer at a pitch that is right down the middle and just slightly low from the center of the strike box, or the strike zone. And then he swings at garbage, and he's quickly one and two. He had two strikeouts yesterday, and looks ugly right now in the number two spot. The pitch, and he swings at junk again, 
inside in his knees that looked like it was going to hit him. And as he's falling out of the batter's box away from it, he makes some half-hearted swing. I mean, that's what my daughter used to do when she was in there learning how to hit for the first time after he took away the tee and tee ball. That was brutal. Two outs. Mankata does not look good. He has another game like this. Ricky Renteria may have to, you know, give him a day off because it seems like he came in here for the opening series wanting to build on what he did last year, and yeah, he's doing the exact opposite. Jose Abreu in there right now. 1-0 the count. He's 0-1 for with a walk in this game as Duffy brings pitch number 61. And it's high and inside for ball two. Over six seasons, 179 career home runs for Jose Abreu. He was a rock yesterday in the uh, in the lineup. And he's made Danny Duffy nervous all day long as he swings and misses, and it's 2-1. and one. Duffy pitched around him in all of his at-bats. He doesn't want to give him anything after the performance on opening day. Abreu misses at that one. He's 2-2. Two and two. The circle change gave him trouble. It was the strikeout pitch when he was up the first time, and he missed it terribly there. And now Duffy with a burner. Lowen inside. Fastball. Not in the strike zone. Abreu makes an ugly swing, and the Royals out of the inning. 5-1 White Sox. End of the fifth. You're listening to a White Sox simulated game. Game two of 162. White Sox Royals. Sox are 1-0 on the season. Royals 0-1. Sox lead this game 5-1, and it's all brought to you by Cork and Carey at the Park at 33rd and Princeton. Remember, Cork and Carey at the Park is our proud sponsor as Alex Gordon steps in. 5-20 for 20 on his career against Dallas Keuchel, and Keuchel's 0-1 on him already, and he gets him 0-2 immediately here. Nobody moving in the bullpen as Keuchel is bringing pitch number 86 right now. Now when it's fouled on the first baseline, Slobberknocker in Cleveland it's now 7-5 Indians over the Detroit Tigers. Ramirez is 3-4 for four with a three-run bomb. As that one's high and inside, and it's 1-2. and two. Court Carey at the park, you get their food. They have delicious food. Incredible award-winning burgers. And they are available on Grubhub. As Gordon swings at an ugly low and inside pitch, he looks foolish. Keuchel sits him down, and there's one out in the sixth inning for Dallas Keuchel. And I would think Dallas pitches the sixth, and we turn it over to the White Sox bullpen. Although Ricky might let him start the seventh, but have somebody ready to go. It'll be interesting to see what he does here. Whit Merrifield steps in as Keuchel brings pitch number 89. That one's low for ball one. Like I've said before, Cork and Carey at the park, if you're looking for ballpark food, and I'm not talking the ballpark food like when you and I were a kid and we were at Old Comiskey, and um, all you had were kosher dogs and those little personal pan pizzas. W- wasn't it Connie's? Connie's had the personal pan pizzas there, right? Or did they get Connie's later? Something makes me think that they just had, like, uh, some weird pizza place I never heard of, and then they went to the Connie's, and it was like the upgrade. As Merrifield's 2-1, and one, Keiko with the pitch. Inside, swing and a miss. 2-2 two and two the count. And Keiko tries to finish off Whit Merrifield here with pitch number 93 in the sixth. And that is chopped, and Jose Abreu picks it up, steps on first, and Whit Merrifield goes down for two outs. And Jorge Soler comes up with a strikeout and a ground out in this game. He's 0 for 2. Dallas Keuchel would love to finish off the 6th and end his day out there on the mound because he's going to be somewhere around 100 pitches and turn this over to the White Sox bullpen, the pitch on the way. So go on Grubhub and get yourself some incredible cork and carry at the park food and support them now so that they're around when life returns to normal because it is going to get back to normal one day. We are going to get through this. 
And for now, you can sit down, you can listen to these games, and you can eat Corky Carey at the park food and drink yourself a beer or two or 12, and you'll get through it. I'm cruising along on the beer I have up here, this 32-ounce crawler that I have. 2-1 and one the count, the pitch on the way to Soler. Swung on and missed, 2-2. Two and two. And he keeps going back to that low inside slider. That is his wicked pitch of the day. The pitch outside trying to see if he would chase on a two-seamer high and outside. Three and two the count. Pitch number 99 for Keiko right here. Swung on, ground out. T.A. across the field. Easy out to Abreu. And the White Sox are out of the inning. After six, a quality start for Dallas Keuchel. He's likely done. The Sox lead 5-1. to one. Jesse Hahn will come in for the Kansas City Royals now. He had a rough time. They kept him in one inning too long on opening day. And he gave up a bomb to this young man, Aloy Jimenez, who already has a two-run home run. As this young man steps in, he already has a two-run bomb in this game. He had a two-run bomb against Hahn. And that's Aloy Jimenez. At this rate, he'll have 162 home runs this year. <laughs> you know? He'll have 162 home runs this year. It's incredible. He'll have over, what, 320 RBIs. Guy's going to have a, oh my God, that is hit deep. Way back in the gap. That is gone. 415 feet to the gap, a no doubter. Aloy Menez. <laughs> There's a guy who's having a good time. Man, and there's a lot of Royals fans here for game two in the crowd. You see a lot of blue. They got a lot of tickets on the secondary market. They travel well, and it's opening weekend. And they're disgusted. I saw one guy throw his beer down on the ground. I don't care how much you're losing by, you don't throw your beer on the ground. Aloy was already slugging 1,600 before that one. And Han is going to have nightmares about Aloy Jimenez. He's going to toss and turn in his hotel room tonight because Aloy owns him. He's got two at-bats against, against Jesse Hahn for the Royals, and he's got two home runs against him. Do the Royals hate Jesse Hahn? Do they send him in there just so Aloy Jimenez can hit home runs against him and make him look foolish as Yasmati Grandal steps in there, and Hahn is already rattled, and he's 3-0 against Grandal with Encarnacion on deck. Heck. I mean, the, he hits it with such authority as Grandal hits this one deep down the right field line, curving foul near the foul pole. The authority that these home runs have been hit with today, the way that they have been lifted, the, the, the bat speed, every single one of these home runs has gotten out at 110 miles an hour or more as Grandal takes two more strikes and strikes out looking. So Han fights back for being 3-0 to strike out Grandal looking. Encarnacion steps in, 244 last year, but he had an 875 OPS. His team leads 6-1 with one out, nobody on base. Aloy Jimenez with two bombs in this game. Two just jacks. And he, and he isn't like, he isn't spinning around. He isn't doing like crazy bat. I mean, Luis Robert had a bat flip when he hit his. Not, he's just kind of just dropping the bat and kind of jogging around with a big smile on his face and waving at the camera afterwards, yelling, hi, mom. You gotta love that guy and how he plays ball. And Carnacion is quickly 0-2, the pitch on the way from Han, then it's fouled off. Han resets in the pitch. That's low, and it's 2-2. Two and two. I'm sorry, 1-2. And, 
as I get to the bottom of this 32-ounce crawler of 10% beer, I go from I go from a uh, Jason Benetti wannabe to a uh, to a Bob Euchre, and then I and then I turn into the guy from uh, Major League that Bob Euchre plays. As Han strikes out Encarnacion on a curveball, tips the cap back to Han and nods his head and goes back into the dugout. That's the second time that Encarnacion has been struck out, and he tips the cap and he and he smiles at the pitcher. He he knows when the guy gets him. Nomar Mazara steps in. He's one for two. He had a hit yesterday as well. And, you know, where he's at in the seventh spot, he's being productive. The only thing he's made a mistake at, he had a timely hit in, in game one of the season. And he got a nice hit here. The White Sox think that they've got something with him, that that young, untapped talent is going to be discovered here with Frank Mankino, who thinks that he can do something with him. And Mazzara's only mistake has been the error that caused the one run. But you're up 6-1, to one, so let's let it go. Okay, because at this point, it's not on him, and the guy's up there trying. As he strikes out on that pitch, and that ends the inning. So, Han looked like he was going to collapse after the Jimenez bomb. 3-0 to Grandal, and he comes back and strikes out Grandal, strikes out Encarnacion, and strikes out Mazzaro. And we go to the top of the seventh, 6-1, White Sox. Are you or someone you know looking to learn how to play a musical instrument this year? Then you should be checking out Westgate Music School, 6527 West 127th Street in Palos Heights. Private music lessons for all instruments, including guitar, piano, drums, voice, bass guitar, violin, banjo, ukulele, and more. Are you a vocalist? Are you ready to play a musical instrument and looking to join a group? Westgate Music School offers group classes for rock band, acapella vocal, and barbershop quartet. Students of all ages and ability levels will have the opportunity to perform three times a year in a student concert. Gift certificates for Westgate are also available. More information, call 708-586-7002 or go to westgatemusicschool.com. And Dallas Keuchel's day is over as Kelvin Herrera, who warmed up a little bit but never got into the game on opening day, he's one of the few pitchers that didn't get into the game, is going to come out here and pitch the seventh inning with a six-run lead, or a six-to-one lead. And that's a smart move for a guy who struggled last year, and you want to build some confidence. This one is grounded to Moncada. Quick scoop, quick throw, one pitch, one out. As Abreu tosses it around the infield, and Herrera wants things to start that way and continue that way as Sal Perez steps in, 0-for-2, with a walk today. The pitch on the way. That one's outside. 96-mile-an-hour, two-soon fastball outside the strike zone, and it's 1-0. and Cleveland has a final. They win 7-5 to over Detroit as Herrera pitches low and inside, and it's 2-0. and Boston and Toronto tied 1-1 in the seventh inning. Martinez, 1-for-2 with a two-run home run. I'm sorry, one, one home run. It's the second home run of the year. I read that wrong. Pitch on the way, and it's 2-1. and The pitch swung on and missed. 2-2. It's a beautiful swing. Just nowhere near the ball. As Sal Perez stands in. And Kelvin Herrera tries to make 2020 much different than 2019. That was in the dirt. As Franco's on deck. And it's 3-2. The amount of different White Sox items on the fans here from the 80s jerseys. I see a guy with a 1917 hat on. They know how to market with the alternative stuff. As this one is hit deep. Jimenez back to the track, to the wall, and then it's gone. 
Sal Perez lifts that one out of here 383 feet. It was a high towering ball, did not have a high exit velocity. It was only at about 100 miles an hour. He takes a slow trot around the bases, and it's 6-2 to two White Sox. Nobody moving in the bullpen. Ricky Renteria clearly saying, hey, Kelvin, figure it out. I would imagine if he gives up um, another hit or starts to look ugly out there, then you will see him have some guys backing him up in the bullpen. It looked like a pop-out. I mean, Jimenez drifts the entire time. He never breaks into a trap. He just keeps drifting with his glove out, and all of a sudden he bumps into the wall and goes, oh my goodness, I'm out of, I'm out of room. As Franco steps in, and the first pitch is high for ball one. Sachs' bullpen looked great in several innings on opening day, but had a really crazy ninth inning that almost blew a three-run lead. Bases loaded when the final out is recorded, and you win 7-6 when you enter the inning up 7-4. So there's a lot of talent because we saw Jimmy Cordero come in and strike out the side and then strike out the first guy of the next inning. And you saw some great pitching all around from some of these pitchers, but there were some kinks in their game, some chinks in the armor, if you will. As Herrera has Franco on a 2-1 count and the pitch on the way. And that one grounded. Anderson takes it on the hop, turns, throws, and that's two on. And Ryan O'Hearn comes up. This guy's walked a few times today, so he's only 0 for 1 officially. Herrera trying to get out with only one run in the home run and damage. He is really nibbling at the plate. And that's something that Don Cooper hates. He does not like guys that don't throw strikes. And I'm sure he's been told all offseason and in spring training, attack the plate. And here he is, and he was—he attacked the plate on the first batter. He attacked the plate with Sal Perez. As O'Hearn swings and misses, and it's 2-1. and one. But after the home run now, he's nibbling. He isn't throwing anything except on the corners, inside corner, outside corner, and he's missing a lot. And he's getting himself uh, backed up in counts. So this one has popped up short. Robert on his horse pulls up, and he will make an easy catch. And that is out number three. The White Sox give up a run but still lead 6-2. to two. Going into the bottom of the seventh as fans get on their feet for the seventh inning stretch. You are listening to White Sox Simulated Baseball on Sox in the Basement. Remember, Sox in the Basement is the podcast for fans by fans and all Chicago White Sox 30 minutes each and every week, expanding now to a second show on weekends. But during the current situation in the world, doing simulated White Sox games and interviewing our guests during the games. And we may have a, a show or two mixed in there that don't have anything to do with the game. As Luis Roberts steps in, two for two with his first major league hit, and then followed it up with a bomb that still hasn't landed. Two righties up in the Royals' bullpen, McCarthy and Stomont. But Han started this inning. He looked good after he gave up the home run to Jimenez, struck out the next three guys. Aaron Bummer... The only guy warming up in the White Sox bullpen for the eighth. Ricky Renteria is not messing around. It's early in the season. These guys are rested. He's going to let Bummer come out, likely, and then have Colome come out. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll have Colome warm up and he'll try somebody else out there with a big lead. We'll see what he does. This one's popped up next to the pitcher. First baseman O'Hearn waves him off and makes the play. Robert is out. 
there is one out. That pitch was high, outer portion of the plate, two-seam fastball, 94 miles an hour. And it seemed like he was trying to yank that ball into left field when if he went with the pitch and kind of just pushed it where it was at, he probably has a base hit in the right field or at least has a chance of it. But he pops up because he's trying to get his hips around and duplicate the home run that he had the last time he was up. One and one on Leary Garcia, another guy that's 0 for the season. The difference between him and Moncada is Moncada bats second and Leary bats ninth. Is that one is ripped on the first base line. These two are like, those two guys are like in competition to see who gets replaced by Danny Mendick for a start. Because both of them have had an inauspicious start to the 2020 season. But it's early. It's only game two. And the game isn't even over yet. The pitch on the way. And we'll reset two and two the count. Because that one is fouled off. Han with his 29th pitch out of the bullpen. Curveball inside, fouled off down the first base line. The Royals seem to insist on pitching Jesse Hahn for multiple pitches. It did not work out for them last time they did this. And Leary Garcia gets a dribbler up the middle in between the second baseman and the shortstop right over the bag for his first hit of the season. It almost took out Hahn's legs. That's just I'm trying to make contact, and this pitcher's been out here way too long. As T.A. steps in, 0 for 3 on this game. 0 for 5 his last five at-bats after two hits to kick off the season. And that one is low and inside for ball one with Leury taking a good lead over at first base. You can take chances, I think, when you have a 6-2 lead. But you don't want to do anything stupid. Leury's got good base running, but his stealing metrics indicate that he's not a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination trying to go from first to second right now. So likely, he'll just start off with some motion, which is what, you, what he did right there. On a called strike, it's 2-1 and one the count, but he kind of takes a couple steps and immediately gets back. He better watch out for Perez with the snap throw to first if he does that. Perez sets up on the inside portion of the plate. Anderson goes with it and puts this one right in front of the left fielder on the one half for a base hit. Garcia in the second base, and the White Sox have something going. With T.A. on first now, and Leury on second, and again the Royals seem to insist that for some reason Jesse Hahn is a is a two-inning relief pitcher. You got two guys warmed up in the bullpen. I think you should make a move. Is this one's inside check swing by Moncada still call the strike? Again, 315 with 25 home runs in 2019. 0 for 7 right now to start the season. 0 for 3 today with two strikeouts. And he has chased outside pitches several times early on this season. And then taken called strikes in the strike zone. Like he just did right there and he's 0-2. Two on, one out. The pitch. And he swings it one outside the strike zone. That was way in on him. He falls out. He looks ugly at the plate right now. And Ricky Renteria may need to sit this young man down and ask him why he's pressing so early in the season. Because that was ugly. That looks like Yohan Mancata from two years ago, not Yohan Mancata from last year. Sox fans are not going to like that as Jose Abreu steps in with two on and two outs and takes an inside fastball for a ball. And it's 1-0. He's got a walk and a run scored here. He had 33 home runs last year. He's got Garcia on second, T.A. leading off of first. Again with two outs, 6-2 in the bottom of the seventh. That pitch is inside, swung on and missed. 1-1 one one to count. The Royals again sticking with Han. They did this last time and they got burned. Will they get burned this time? 
Will they get lucky and be able to get out of the seventh inning without having to go into their bullpen, which is obviously shallow, and that's why they will try to make Han a two-inning pitcher. As this one's high and outside of the strike zone, but Abreu swings through it and underneath it, and he's one and two quickly. 40 pitches out of the bullpen for Han. Garcia with a lead at second. Anderson leads at first. The pitch on the way. Swung on and fouled down the first baseline. And they'll reset. You'd love to see Abreu just get a base hit here. Prove the Royals that they are wrong about their strategy. As this one goes off the glove of a diving third baseman. He picks it up, throws the first. Abreu beats the throw. The ball was headed to short. Mondesi was set up for the play. And his third baseman steps in front of the ball. The ball. He dives across in front of the shortstop. And Mondesi can't make the play. The ball goes off the glove, rolls two feet towards second. By the time it's picked up and thrown, everybody's safe. The bases are loaded. And Aloy, I like to kill the Royals. Jimenez is up at the plate. And the first pitch is taken down the middle. He's two for two today with two bombs, three RBIs, two runs scored. He has a home run in the first game as well. And one of those home runs of his three this year are against, well, it was against Han. Han's been pulled from the game. I'm sorry. Kalish has been brought in. He's a lefty. I missed that because I was so amazed by that error. Base is loaded. 0-2 the count now with the lefty against Jimenez in the pitch. That is low and outside, ball one, and they'll reset. Jake Kalish, or Kalish, I don't know. I don't know. At this point, you're meat. He's got the same number as Aloya Menez. It's 74 against 74 out here on the mound with the bases loaded. One and two the count. Two outs, the pitch. It's outside. He doesn't want anything to do with Jimenez. He's trying to nibble. He's been lucky enough to get two strikes. Both of them taken, but now... He does not want to throw another strike to the hottest hitter on the White Sox, maybe one of the hottest hitters in Major League Baseball through the first 72 hours. The pitch. Swung on and missed. He swung right through it. He just did not catch up to a 91-mile-an-hour fastball. He must have been looking change-up. The Royals out of the inning. Jimenez unable to capitalize, but the Sox still lead. 6-2, going to the eighth. Aaron Bummer comes into the game now for the top of the eighth inning. He pitched a perfect eighth inning. Struck out all three of them on opening day. And then Ricky Renteria pressed his luck and got a whammy. When on two pitches, he put two guys on in the ninth. And when Colome came in, he had to try to clean it up. And it was a mess. 26,113, the announced attendance at this game. But it feels like there's more here. And the pitch on the way. And 2-0 the count right now. Both of them inside called for balls. Bummers had the day of rest. I get why he's out there. It seems like this is his role. Eighth inning. And he's a lefty pitching to a lefty to lead off the inning. This one's grounded to Garcia behind second base. He jump throws behind second. And he gets the runner, Phillips, by a hair. When you're a guy who's got a lifetime average under 200, like Brett Phillips, you get really upset when hits like that somehow turned out into a ground out. I think he thought he had a hit, and he stands there with his hands on his hips behind the bag and goes back into the dugout as Mondesi steps up over three with one out. Bummer brings the pitch, and that's inside slider, ball one. Aaron Bummer had a masterful year in 2019. It led to all of his arbitration years being picked up on, I think, what may be a deal for the White Sox. 
And even if it's not a deal, I think just standard arbitration, he probably would have gotten paid the same amount of money. But the Sox, the big thing for them is, is that one is put into the gap between left and center. It's going to roll the wall. Robert with the pickup, tosses it in, but there's so much speed with Mondesi. He's standing on second before it even gets the TA. And there's a runner on second base with good speed here in a 6-2 ball game. Bummer, the big deal with his contract, and he threw it right where Grandal called it. There was, no, there was nothing weird about that. He just, just hit a nice low pitch and lifted it into the gap. Alex Gordon steps in. The big thing about Bummer's deal are those two option years. Because those would have been the first two years of free agency that he would have had. And the Sox could just not pick up the option. But instead of having to negotiate with a the pitcher, they can just pick up his option for two years. No, that ball is outside. It's one and one. The only way it works out bad for the White Sox is if Bummer becomes a flash-in-the-pan relief pitcher who stinks for the next three years. He doesn't seem to be that guy with his ground ball rate. The fact that he's a lefty. And the fact that he seems to, to kind of bear down in big situations. He's 2-2 two and two right now to Alex Gordon with Mondesi dancing on second, but you can't pay attention to him because even if he scores, the Royals are still down by three runs. The pitch inside, swung on and missed. Ugly swing. And Aaron Bummer sits down Alex Gordon. And that's two outs. And that's why he was in here. The leadoff hitter of the inning and a number three guy we're both lefties. And with the new rule, he's got to face three batters, but two of them are lefties. And he handles them well. Whit Merrifield comes up, though, now. Nobody working in the bullpen because Aaron Bummer's got to figure out how do I pitch the righties to. And last year, he did pitch primarily to left-handed hitting. Not that he did bad against righties, but the White Sox tended to, for at time to time, to line him up and give him two guys that were lefties or have what just happened there where he faces two lefties and a righty. Is that one's popped? No, it's not popped. That's carrying in right field to the track in front of the Goose Island section caught by Mazzara. At first, he came in, so I thought that was going to be a pop-out, but he misjudged it, which made me misjudge it. He goes back to the track, he makes the play, and the inning's over. So inning over... And the White Sox go to the bottom of the eighth with Yasmani Grandal 0 for 3. Get a strikeout in the sixth inning. The pitch on the way. And that one's outside for ball one. As double barrel action going on in the White Sox bullpen right now, Alex Colome is up, and so is Evan Marshall. So clearly Renteria still hasn't decided if he's going with his closer with a four-run lead or if he's going to have Marshall come in first and hope to save Colome in case he needs him tomorrow. Meanwhile, Grandal's up there with a 1-1 count, and Kalish is still up there pitching the lefty. And that's inside, swung on and missed, 1-2. and two. My father always said, you want to win series. It's not about winning every game, it's about winning series. And if the White Sox can win this game, they've already won the series before we get to Sunday's game. 2-2 count, the pitch on the way. And that one is flared in the right field, on his horse, right fielder comes in, Solaire makes the play. That could have very easily been taken by the second baseman, but Solaire was moving. And there's one away for Edwin Encarnacion, who's one for three. He's got a single and two tips of the cap to the pitcher. Hopefully he doesn't have to reach for his helmet after this at bat. But that's what makes this big. You wanna you wanna win series. 
especially early. You want to protect your home, but I think most of all, you want to win the series. Yeah, you go for the sweep, but you want to win the series, and that's why there's part of me that says that if I'm managing this team, I have Colomi come out here, because you don't know what's going to happen on Sunday. You might lose by four. Win the game is what I would do. You know? But again, I'm not managing this team. It's three pitches, three strikes, and Encarnacion sits down. High inside pitch. It fooled him. He swung where he thought it was going, but instead it was over his arms. Nomar Mazara comes up with two outs and nobody on the bottom of the eighth. Outside corner call the strike, and he's 0-1. Folks, remember after the game, if you need some post-game treats, Cork and Carry at the Park are a proud sponsor. Located at the corner of 33rd and Princeton, but don't go there because you're not allowed to. Go on Grubhub, order some food. They got wings, they got burgers, they got dogs. They got some, man, go look at the menu. Some good stuff they got there. They got one that's got like pulled pork on top of a burger. I mean, come on now. That's not even fair. That's why I keep my 38 jeans around for when I grow out of the 36s and get fat again. And it's worth it. Luis Roberts standing on deck hoping Mazzaro will give him another at bat because he's been hot today even though he was out on his last attempt. He's got a home run already in this game. 3-1 count, the pitch. And he swings through an 82-mile-an-hour slider down the middle. He's looking fastball, so he's way out in front of it. 3-2 the count. Kalish trying to finish out this inning, the pitch on the way. Outside, ball four. Mazzara takes his base. And Adam Engel is going to come off the bench and be the first substitution of the season. He will run for Mazzara and presumably play right field here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Luis Robert comes up and the first pitch on the way is low. 1-0 the count. Engel standing on first base. He is a threat to steal. But he's even a bigger threat if Robert gets a hit. He could score on a base hit from first base depending on where it's hit to. 2-0 to count on Luis Robert. The lefty Kalish is struggling. I can't believe they haven't replaced him the pitch. Outside ball three. So now he's unable to find the plate with Leary Garcia standing on the on-deck circle. He did get a hit last time he was up, but you could play games and bring in a pinch hitter and then have Danny Mendick go into second base in the ninth inning if you wanted to. That's an inside strike that could have been a ball three to one, three and one. And Robert stands in at the plate, 6-2 lead White Sox, bottom of the eighth with two outs. The pitch, that one's knocked into the gap. On his horse, Solaire tracks it down. If it would have fallen in, Adam Angle scores from first base, but he does not. The inning ends. We go to the top of the ninth. Who will pitch for the Sox? We find out next. Evan Marshall will come out here in the ninth inning with a four-run lead, but Alex Colome remains tossing in the bullpen just in case. The White Sox going to see if they can save their closer as Marshall throws one low and inside. This will be the second time that Colome did not start the ninth inning as the closer for the White Sox. I feel like an opening day is because Bummer was cruising and you'd use so much of the bullpen. But here... It's it's more of we're already preparing for Sunday, and there's a lot of me that would like to see Colome out there, even though it's not a safe situation. That's a strike, two and one the count. 
But with a four-run lead, Marshall's going to get a chance out there. And it'll be interesting to see what he does against Soler, who's 0 for 3, as that one is fouled down the first baseline. It's 2-2, two and two, the count. I think if Soler reaches base, Colome's got to come in. Because that's low and inside, it's 3-2. and two. And if Evan Marshall walks him, just bring in Colome and don't let this thing go any further. And he walked him. He walked him. I get the idea of trying to preserve your bullpen. And you have a four-run lead. And sure, if Hunter Dozier hits a two-run home run here, you still have a two-run lead. And Evan Marshall is going to pitch to him. But I am surprised about this decision as this was inside ball one and the fans are getting restless here in the top of the ninth inning with a runner on first and a 6-2 lead for the White Sox. As this one's ripped down the third base line, foul, one and one the count. It was well out of play. It wasn't close to being a hit, but it was ripped. As that one is outside, and he's nibbling at the plate, much like Kelvin Herrera did. And if I want to talk about guys that came out of the bullpen in these first two games that didn't look sharp, I would say Herrera and Marshall at least through the first nine pitches of his 2020 season. The pitch on the way. Inside ball three, three and one, and I think you're going to see Colome up here coming into this game because this is this is just plain ugly. You just, I mean, let them put it in the play and let your defense let your defense make a play here at this point. The pitch popped up, no, driven deep, way back, left field to the wall. Jimenez makes a catch on the track and tosses it in. And it's one out. Do you continue to play with fire with Salvador Perez? It is a four-run lead. They are going to play with fire, and Evan Marshall will pitch to Perez. The pitch on the way. Swung on and missed right down the middle. Owen won the count. That one looked like it was gone. It just, again, like the first home run the Royals hit earlier, and it was Sal Perez who hit it, was a high fly ball that just carried in the left field. There's no wind, so it was strange how that happened. Again, that happened here, except this time it died on the warning track. This is Chapta Garcia. He tags the runner, throws the first double play, and the White Sox win. Leary Garcia catches the ball right next to the runner, sticks his glove out and tags him. He was so shocked that he made the tag, and he still had plenty of time to soft toss at the first. Evan Marshall holds on. Ricky Renteria was right. And the White Sox are 2-0 on the season with a 6-2 victory here at home against the Kansas City Royals. And the fireworks go off, and the fans are happy. And Dallas Keuchel's out there with his big, glorious beard. And this is how you want a season to start off. Good for you, Evan, and good for Leary Garcia. He had that error in the ninth inning and opening day that really almost cost the White Sox the entire game. And he makes a play here with, with pressure on. Aloy Jimenez is your player of the game. Two for three with two home runs and three RBIs. Luis Robert, two for four with a home run. Three RBIs and a run scored. Leary Garcia and Jose Abreu each went one for three. Abreu had a run scored. Dallas Keuchel gets the win. Six innings pitch. A quality start. Three hits. Seven strikeouts. Two walks with one earned run. Again, I question... Oh, yeah, no, that was the second run. I'm sorry. That was the second run. The first run was, was unearned. On the on the awful... Uh, the, the White Sox have to work on that. They have to work on hitting the cutoff, man. 
There should be there should be cutoff man practice before the game tomorrow on Sunday. A great game by the White Sox. Danny Duffy takes the loss. The Sox are 2-0 early on in the year in the season, and White Sox fans are happy. Folks, thanks for listening to Sox in the Basement. Our simulated season rolls on tomorrow, Sunday, as we conclude this series, Sox Royals, to see what the White Sox do. Dylan Cease will be on the mound. Remember to support our sponsors, Family Waterproofing Solutions, and also Cork and Carry at the Park. My name is Chris Lanuti. For my partner, Dave, who's sitting at home right now and sad that he can't join us, but we're going to get him in here soon. And for all those that joined us, my apologies to Brooks Boyer. We didn't have time for him today. We'll try to get to him tomorrow. This has been White Sox Simulated Baseball. The Sox win 6-2, and it's found everywhere. Podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.